0: Listener, let's start at the end this time. When the action is done with, and the story is told, and what sense can be made of things has been, what remains is memories. Memories are the final product of our mind's alchemical process, the gold we make of leaden everyday events. Memories aren't the end, they remain with us, guideposts to our mind and our identity, and so many beginnings are formed by following them. We build new memories among them again and again as time filters through our minds. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, your king, your monument to glory's long past. It is me Kat. Hello, Kat. Hello Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, everybody. With me today are my good, cool friends. In no particular order, Nick. Hello. Hi.
1: How's everybody doing today?
0: I'm doing great.
1: How are you, bud? Uh, I'm I'm a little under the weather, but uh, other than that, it's been fine. I hope you feel better soon. So does the listener. Yeah. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Kat. And Kirsten. And Kathleen.
0: (laughs) I suppose that is my order to proceed in then. Kirsten. Kirsten is here. I am. How are you doing, bud? Doing all right. Doing all right. And last, but if you say least, I will do unfathomable violence upon your person. It's Kathleen. That's the one that I am. That's the one that Kathleen is. Mm -hmm. That's how you can tell them apart. I'm the one that's Kathleen.
2: Mm -hmm. No one else is the one that's Kathleen. Not on this show, anyway.
0: Absolutely not. Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party helped the Bell Tower Baroness set up her gallery and in doing so, ushered in a new age for Stageport, an age of symbiosis with the demon that had previously lived in the shadows. And then the party said goodbye to old friends and new living in the city of Stageport. They attended one stiff formal party and one chaotic informal one and then hopped back aboard the West Breaker, which is where we find them now. Where's the West Breaker headed? Into the
2: East. Always into the East.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay, we're I headed mean, east. Probably probably to the east, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: like, it seems like most of the stuff is eastward at this point.
0: This is true. There's northward, but let's not. <laughs> yeah, we, we did that one.
1: Yeah, that was a big one.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's not winter right now,
0: but, like, we did that one. We did that one. So, here's something that we haven't really checked in on in a grip. Cobble's Magic Quest.
1: Yeah, he's still looking for them, but, you know, you have to do other things first, like go on a fishing trip. That's a big one. That is a big one. How was Cobb's fishing trip, by the way, after Sot recovered? I think after Sot recovered, they went out and they got as much fishing done as they could, and absolutely Sot is the better fisherman of the two.
0: Yeah, well, he's been doing it since he was very
1: small, so. Cobb is okay at it, as good as someone who lives on a ship would be, but... That was never really his forte. He's uh, He has this swingy, sharp thing and pulls on the ropes that make the ship go good. That's, that's kind of where he is.
0: Yeah. And so I think we are in a sunny afternoon on the West Breaker. Not a cloud in the sky. Windy enough that the ship is moving without much stress, but otherwise, nothing to complain about. Sod is perched in his customary spot, doing some fishing off of the deck. Gedeon is up in the crow's nest, looking at all of the placid sea around them, probably seeing something. At any rate, just kind of being awake, as she tends to, with a basket full of snacks at her side. And what is the crew of the Westbreaker doing?
3: Penelope's probably having some lunch. She probably took Polly for a fly earlier in the day before the sun got too high. Between, you know, pulling ropes or tying knots or that kind of stuff or whatever needs to be done around the ship.
0: Yeah,
2: ship stuff. Tissa is half looking at the map and half not looking at the map, staring off into space, being contemplative. Hector finished a sentence today, and this one was a long one. It was like 20 words. Mm. Like he really like strung this one out. And there's always this feeling when a big sentence ends of some sort of weight moving past you. Or at least that's how Tissa experiences it.
0: And I think there is a peculiar sensation lodged in Tissa's awareness. Like a little piece of grit just caught up in there. There's this faint sensation of what if Hector and Tissa had never met? And it's a passing thought, the kind of which people have all the time when they're feeling contemplative. But for some electric reason, this one is stuck. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing that she thinks about
2: often. Her pilgrimage is such a huge part of her. She's been listening to actor for years and years and years and years. It's like thinking, what if a part of yourself wasn't there at this point? And so it's interesting, but
1: that's a heavy thought, too.
0: Yeah. What's Cobb up to?
1: Cobb is, I guess, steering the ship right now. Middle of the day probably is when you got good winds going. So he's out there just kind of enjoying steering the ship off to the east.
0: Do we have a particular direction for the Westbreaker right now? Is there any place in particular you're taking it?
1: I figure it's some place that, you know seeing as Cobb is kind of doing the shipping lane thing, because how else are we making money? Presumably somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't know. We probably got, or at least uh, Tissa and Penelope probably got paid for the last arc, but... Yeah. Yeah, Cobb is bringing a shipment of textiles, let's say, seeing as we just had a whole big time talking to folks who were into that.
0: Yeah, I think you were able to get a good price on some dyed cloth. Courtesy of the Redwater family.
1: So yeah, Cobb is we're taking that off to the east because Cobb knows a guy who knows a guy over there somewhere who would offer a quite a nice price for this catch.
2: And so Tissa breaks the silence and says hmm. what if we hadn't gone where we did. Um seeing no one quite know what the antecedent to that sentence is sort of goes. Um, like that I hadn't met Hector or you hadn't gone to see Guys, or you hadn't gone to the world.
1: Well, I'm I mean not to be too big of a downer there, Tissa, but had I not visited the world I would probably be dead. Oh, Hmm. Yeah, the life of a pirate often um, ends prematurely.
0: Yeah. I see. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I would probably just be waiting tables at Mom's, I guess. I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah? Well, I mean, <laughs> being a crusader is rough, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single crusader who never thinks about what would happen if they never became one.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I'd probably be, you know, helping out on the ranch, keeping the younger siblings in line as much as I can. Yeah, I guess I did have thought about it every once in a while across my mind what would happen.
2: Hmm. I almost died on the pilgrimage and that wouldn't have happened not happened hmm no hmm it's weird to think about
0: and there is another of these curious unbidden thoughts pokes its head up from behind the terrain in your mind Tissa And you can feel yourself thinking, or rather you can feel something thinking adjacent to your own mind. What if it wasn't Hector? And what, whatever it is means by that is hard to say. But
2: Tissa does look off into the distance again and thinks about that thought that she had on Origin Island. Hmm. We haven't talked about Juga yet. No, I guess not, huh?
3: Who is Juga? I, I've i never heard of Juga before. I mean, aside
2: from Daybreak and Jem and the other Cavalier and Fulcron? Aside
1: from what they've told us, but... He's a Daelith. Well, that's the best I can come up with, at least. Mm.
2: And I think you're right. I Nothing else is... Could there be something else that's that
1: big, but... I mean, I suppose it could be some form of noble demon. But it doesn't feel like that.
2: It doesn't, though, yeah. He's... Huh.
3: I wonder why it's not mentioned anywhere. Yeah, why don't we know
2: about him?
3: Why don't we... It doesn't
2: seem right to say somehow. Hmm. Hmm.
1: I guess it just doesn't cross my mind a whole lot. I'm, I'm not one for those kinds of things.
0: Hmm. But you are is a sentence that pops directly into your mind, Tissa. <laughs> and I think this time she repeats it.
2: But I am. I guess.
1: You are. Yeah, you remind me of my old navigator sometimes, Tissa. He had the same unusual inquisitiveness. Maybe it's all the looking at the stars. I wonder if that does it to people.
2: <laughs> They're good for that. It's funny, as we go east, like, they seem like they're always the same, but they feel different when you're in different places, as as they rise and they fall, and it's different times of year. But they always looked different in the desert. How so? When the night is cold, and it's clear, and you're up on top... Of a ridge. And it's just you and some scrub and the stars. I don't know. They're bright and their light gets
0: mixed everywhere. Speaking of the desert, Cobb has no doubt shown the rest of the crew where we're headed to find the friend of a friend. It is in a relatively large city a little bit inward from the coast along the river. And there are several port towns along this stretch of coast, any one of which would be a suitable place for the Westbreaker to stop, or you could go up the river for that matter. I'm not the boss of you. I'm not the one in charge. I'm just the one who tells you that one of these villages is Tissa's. And whether or not Tissa has communicated that to the party is not my call.
1: As the ship kind of keeps bobbing along, Cobb looks like he remembers something for the first time in a while and just says, you know, my old navigator also used a spear. He was uh, he was from around where we're going, actually. And I think maybe it's time that I go pick that one up, too. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, It's out here.
1: Uh, you went to everywhere. Well, we were we were from all over the place. But when I went to return his remains, I left his spear where he told me he'd want it. But I think it's not doing anybody any good stuck out in the middle of the desert like that. Mm. And besides, I think he would like another navigator to have
0: it. So my next question is, because uh, we I don't believe we've ever formally established this. How far is Tissel's hometown from the desert? A ways, right? It's a ways. It's a little
2: coastal village. It's before it starts to build into badlands. And I guess if we're putting it in the desert, it might be sort of in the foothills of the last tooth or as those
0: meet the coast. Okay. Because on the other side of those foothills, if you're not going to the tooth is, Yeah. Desert and the much older, much more placid mountains of the Coral Coast. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those places that just has
2: a little bay that you can uh, build houses and the fish move by with the currents and you can have a little life there. Like you can have a little life in all sorts of places.
0: And yeah, I think the spot Cobb points to when he's talking about the Spear is kind of a ways north of the village in desert proper. Mm -hmm. And the big city where the friend of Cobb's is probably to be found is probably the nearest large city to that small village. Place where people would go if they urgently needed something out of the ordinary.
2: (laughs) One of the only places large enough For the West Breaker in that particular part of the continent.
0: Yeah. So now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to just mash some words into an old English translator. (laughs) There it is. Well, well, wow, these are awful words. Oh no. Oh, here's here's an okay one. Okay, so (laughs) a lot of these are just like real ugly to say with the mouth. The one that isn't ugly technically means pimping, (laughs) but we're not going that route. So everyone, I would like to bid you welcome to the Riverside city of Capien. It is large, not Stageport large, mind you. You've just come from the Milta's largest city, depending on how you view Hushwave. And that debate is still raging. Don't worry about it. Capien (laughs) wants no part of it. It is a thriving trade hub, roughly like midway between the two. And it is mostly low, flat buildings, mostly tan in color, but adorned with banners and flags. And everywhere you look, there is this soft, beachy color punctuated by pops of brilliantly colored adornments. And it is lively. You can see movement in it even as the Westbreaker pulls up the river. It's very, very alive, and the wind catches all of these banners, and you swear you can hear them fluttering from as far away as the river. So the blossoms are just beginning to fall off the trees, and this is actually prime orchard territory, the kind of weather you see in Canada's Okanagan or the Mediterranean. Dry, but with enough moisture to grow plants, good, sturdy trees... Just along the river, before you hit Capien itself, you can see orchards from the river and you can watch petals falling. The desert wind blows down river. You've got to kind of fight against it to get to the city. And it is an upsettingly clear day. Perfect blue from horizon to horizon. The thing about Capien is that it is a trading town. And not in the same sense that Stageport is. Nothing in Amilta is a trading town in the same way Stageport is. Let's not get crazy. This is a trading town that has seen everything. This is as close to some people in Amilta get to seeing the entire world at once. Rangers pass through here on pilgrimages to the last tooth, to the desert, to the coral coast further east. People come down from the Starlight Archive, and shared the vast information of the ancient desert. Information can be found here from just about anywhere. And there is a place for the Westbreaker to dock. They have seen ironclads before. Is that because the Westbreaker has been here before?
1: Yeah, I think so. It seems like it is on the way from Stageport to the foothills of the Last Tooth. So we've probably stopped here before. Mm hmm. Maybe not for very long.
2: You know, and if we haven't stopped here, Marcus and Clara probably stopped here on their way down the very first time they brought it all the way to Hushwave. Mm -hmm.
0: So there are some people who are marveling at an ironclad, but the Dockhands, the Dockhands seem to know what they're looking at. Some of them have seen the Westbreaker before. Some of them have seen others. So the party has, in fact, been Decapian, although not for a very long time. It smells magnificent here. At least it would to me. I love dusty places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nick would be very grumpy about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the only kind of outdoor smell I like better is the smell of a winter night. <laughs> but
3: That does smell nice.
0: Especially, again, in dry places. It's the metallic smell of late-night winter in Edmonton. Ah, my favorite. But anyway, Capien is not late at night, nor is it winter. It is extremely lively. It is just an absolutely bejeweled city. It seems like everyone who has a space of their own in Capien can decorate it as they see fit. There are banners. There are expansive gardens. There are gorgeous frescoes and murals. And it's a city worth exploring. Although Cobb has somebody he needs to find here. Tissa, have you told the party that you grew up not far from here?
2: I think that she does it accidentally. I think that we're pulling in and a particularly strong gust of wind throws some tree flower petals out into the surf. And a couple of fish sort of investigate them. And she goes, oh, they have those here too, not just... uh, We're close again. Close? Oh, um, where I grew up is still a little bit up the coast. It's way too small for us. In the Westbreaker, but
3: yeah. Oh, no way. Oh. Did you want to go visit?
1: Yeah, is there anyone you'd like to go see?
3: Uh, um?
1: Huh. You don't have to name anyone. I, I have people I would not like to go see anymore, so mm-hmm. if it's a sore subject, I will drop it.
3: It's not that, it's just that... When was the last time you were back? Oh, never. Oh. Not ever? No, I was
2: always busy. Because it's hard to get through the mountains, so it's easier to skirt along the veldt, and plus there's all of the stuff to see in the veldt, and I'd never seen that before. And then went all the way across the continent and then um it just never happened
1: well it's not that far out of the way to where else we're going so if you want to I I say we go see the city
2: Hmm. well this is the city there's um unless things are very I guess I don't know I guess I don't know what it's like anymore.
3: Huh. Well, if you would like, we can definitely head that way.
1: I'm kind of curious to go see it now, after hearing all that, but
3: again, I will leave the final decision
1: to you, Tissa. Um,
0: maybe you might want to think a bit about it? Um, I'm getting that impression. I think that Yeah. Okay, that restaurant over there says it has, like, Reimhold-style cuisine. Oh. This far southeast? I wonder what that's like. I also wonder what that's like. Like with the stuff here? I mean, look, if you want Reimhold-style cuisine, Mm -hmm. obviously Mother is the one you go to. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I wonder what they think it's like down here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'll leave you to to discuss that over late lunch, early dinner. I do have to go meet our contact. I shouldn't be too long though.
3: I can um I can assist you, Cobb. If you don't mind.
1: Sure, if you want to meet him, it's not going to be very interesting. But I mean if you wanna see what business is like, then Come along. Uh, Sot, would you like to come, or would you like to go have lunch with Tissa
0: and Gideon? Uh, no, I can, I can help do business, Captain. Alrighty.
1: Well, uh, I guess if we're all coming, then we'll be back in an hour and a half or so. And Cobb just kind of looks to Tissa and Gideon for approval.
3: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Tell us about the experience. Mhm.
0: <laughs> so... I'm the narrator, and while I am not the narrator of Arrested Development, I do feel the need to just inform you that Cobb was right, and the meeting with the contact regarding the textiles was excruciating. (laughs) (laughs) It was boring for Cobb, and Cobb (laughs) knew everyone involved. And Cobb was even getting paid. Yes. Sot seemed a lot more interested and I'm not going to say Penelope wasn't interested because I'm not Penelope's player and I'm not in charge of whether she's interested in things. However.
3: Occasionally, if there was talk about, like, it's been established that Penelope has done her a bit of embroidery and stuff. So there might have been a few things that kind of piqued her interest, but for the most part, it was sort of like random blips here and there. And for the rest of it, she was pretending to look like she was taking notes, but she was really just doodling all over her book.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Maybe Penelope is, is remembering ideas for a new suit she wants to make.
0: <laughs> Monstrous.
1: Season three, Penelope the Cur-
3: Anyway,
1: <laughs> Anyways, that was just a dumb joke. We can keep going.
0: <laughs> Suffice it to say, Penelope does not have fun on Cobb's errand. Tissa and Gedeon step into a restaurant that is lavishly decorated. It is absolutely dripping with tapestries and flags and coats of arms. And the look is very medieval. The entire interior is in, I'm going to say, dark emerald green and gold. Intense. Very, very. And getting is just like, oh, wow. Tissa gets
2: one success on sensitivity art (laughs) and goes, is that the same bird that's in your dad's crest?
0: Oh, you're right. Okay. And she gets this peculiar little look. All right, they've done homework. All right, <laughs> and you can this is kind of a a rare almost adversarial Gedeon <laughs> yes you've opened the booster and you've found this particular rare card <laughs> and the two of you are seated at a table very comfortable table, and you are brought dish after dish, most of them very spicy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Most of them with kind of ornate presentations. Very large portion sizes. Mm-hmm. And of course, Gideon has strong opinions about all of it. Oh, every single one of them. I mean, look, it's not bad. It's good. Is it right? Mm, no. Yeah, but this is the herb that grows here. Right, we don't even have that back home. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. it's It's good. It's very good, but... It's not... well, Mother would certainly not take it. (laughs) She's very particular. She's very particular.
2: She likes you, though. I'm glad. She's
0: fun to listen to talk. (laughs) I think that's why she likes you. (laughs) She loves anyone who will listen to her. Well,
2: she has a lot to say, so... Mm -hmm. That makes it easy to listen.
0: Yeah, I guess. But, you know, just because you don't have a lot to say doesn't mean you're not easy to listen to. And if you had something important to talk about, I would listen. Um, if you don't, that's okay, too. We don't need to talk about important things. But if you have to, then, I hope you'll talk about them with me.
2: It... All of the things that have happened to me, have happened since I left. Oh. It's not that. I.
0: Should I have gone back? Is that what. Mm. Uh, well, the first time I went back to Stageport was, you know, after Naka. And. Yeah. I thought. I'm too different now. I'm not the person who left. hmm. But. When I got home my parents weren't the same either. They've also been living and growing. And I was happy to meet them again. And I, I'm not saying that you're gonna be happy to see everyone again or that you have to be happy to see everyone again. I, I guess I just mean I know what it's like to worry that you can't go back. Yeah. And that's an okay feeling to have, I think. <laughs> Did- should we? Mm. Well, it will be awkward. Hmm. He'll be super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be worth it. Mm. The big guy
2: wasn't very specific on where this spear is.
3: Hmm
0: no.
2: You just said the desert, huh? Yeah. And the desert's still a long way north. Mm, So
0: what you're saying is, we go to the desert, we get the spear, and on the way back we worry about whether you go home or not? I... I guess? I mean, that would give you time to think about it. It would give me time to think about it. I've never been to the desert
2: before. Oh, there's nothing like the desert. Not even the tundra? The tundra is like the desert, (laughs) but the thing about the desert is it's always swinging from the sun to the night. As you go into the dunes, everything is shifting. But when you're in the scrub, there's rocks like you can't see on the mountains. There's plants that show up out of nowhere. Mm. When it rains, the entire everything just completely changes overnight.
0: Mm. Plants you can't see anywhere else like this one? And she kind of gives a disdainful poke at one of the vegetables on her plate.
2: (laughs) You don't like this
0: one? I'm not convinced it's for eating. Mm. It's too slimy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll eat it. Okay, okay. <laughs> she does give a little giggle because, well, it's Gideon and she's here to experience everything. And even if she didn't like it, at least she tried it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but here here we have found what the lines are.
0: We found them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no slimy vegetables.
0: No slimy vegetables. She wouldn't like okra.
1: I was about to say that's what I was thinking. What this might be like—is this okra?
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds very okra.
2: Well, yeah. I was thinking that it it might be something more like a nopal cactus sort of situation.
0: Yeah, where they have the mucilaginous uh, interior to hold water. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, oh. That's
1: what I don't like about tomatoes. Ah.
3: Oh. Oh, you don't. You're not a fan of the.
1: No, the inside yeah. of tomatoes are weird to me. I don't like it.
3: But will you have tomato sauce? Oh, yeah, no, I love
1: tomato flavor. It's just a texture issue.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Nick's
0: one of those no raw tomatoes, folks.
3: I could eat raw tomatoes all day. Oh,
0: yeah, I'll eat one like an apple. I don't give
2: a. Yeah, sure. sort of all of the membranes that hold all of the seeds and it gets all jelly like.
3: Yeah.
0: Not yeah. for Nick. Not for Nick. Nope.
3: I guess that's like me and Okra. The seeds are. Strange to me? Because it kind of (laughs) goes... Okay, well,
0: they're strange in general. (laughs) (laughs) Okra's weird. I think uh, Tissa and Gideon enjoy a dessert that Gideon was very excited to try because she knows for a fact the key ingredient doesn't grow here. They found a substitute that she is on the fence about. (laughs) (laughs) But soon an hour and a half has passed, and it's just about time to settle up and to go meet up with Cobb and Penelope again. I know everyone keeps telling you this, and I kind of get the feeling that it's stressing you out a bit, Mm -hmm. but it is your call. Hmm. It's weird when it's my
2: call, but it's not just my call for me.
0: Yeah. That kind of stresses you out a bit, huh? Because
2: it's not hard to do things. Mm. But I
0: don't know. I'm not you. No, I'm me. Yeah. And what I want to do is what's going to be either happiest or least upsetting for you. Hmm. And I don't know what that's going to be. Only you do. I think Cobb and Penelope
2: feel the same way. Yeah, but don't I have to worry about what's good for all
0: of you, too? Maybe not the same way. Almost definitely not the same way, but let's not worry about that. Mm. Um, what? Tissa shrugs. (laughs) Sorry. I, uh, distracted myself a little. (sighs) Ah. It's not like a trip of one hour to the seaside is going to bother any of us. Yeah. Or be dangerous for any of us.
2: Yeah. And as they're walking, Tissa sort of runs her fingers along like a glazed, tiled fresco. It's probably called something different when it's glazed tiles. It's probably not a fresco then. It's probably something else. Probably a mosaic. A mosaic. At any rate, she sort of brushes her hand along it and feels all of the smooth, fired textures versus the gritty small sections between them and all of the little tiny, tiny difference of layers between all of them. At any rate, I think they probably are this way, cause that's where everyone else is moving and there's not so much stuff that you can get lost here so
0: easy. Okay. Well. Like I said, we can go help Cobb find the spear, and we can take our time to decide. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. Oh. Oh. (laughs) There they are. Penelope! I got you takeout. How do you feel about slimy vegetables? Oh, you got takeout? Oh, hello. (laughs) How was it? It was food. (laughs) I thought it was good. It was good. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't right. It was good. I
3: see. I see. I see how it is. I get that. I get that way about ciders. You know, it's...
2: Mmm. Yes. Mmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop you from drinking them? Exactly.
1: (laughs) I could definitely go for a cider right about now. Boy, that was a long one.
3: It... (laughs) it was, um, enlightening...
1: I forgot how much he liked to talk.
3: <laughs> I, okay, good. I'm glad you said that cuz Okay, I wasn't the only one. <sighs> but I have a cool new idea. And Penelope flashes a new idea for a suit that she drew. What do you think? Mm. Oh, Dashing. Cool. Is that a cape? Oh, yes it is. See? And then if I go like this, it'll flutter like this. And Penelope does like a little like demonstration of how she like <sighs> swishes their shoulders, the cape will, like, ruffle. It's because it's kind of (laughs) puffy. It's so not practical for any kind of, like...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's what Tissus is. But won't that be bad when it gets
0: wet?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. This might be a dry weather suit.
0: God, I love Fashion Penelope. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the Penelopes that there are, and Penelope contains multitudes, Fashion Penelope might be my favorite.
3: (laughs) She didn't know fashion would be so fun until she found suits, <laughs> she's like, whoa.
2: I'm glad that this is a thing that has been unlocked in her. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, me this. too.
0: Me too, me too. <laughs> Tissa, uh, as everyone is talking about Penelope's sketch and Cobb is, I'm assuming, rubbing his temples after a long, long interaction, you glance at Cobb and you have one of those thoughts the ones you're not sure are from you, the ones that appear unbidden in your mind, that he can put things back together. He can pick up the pieces. Why can't you? And with that, my dear friends, I do believe it's memory time.
3: My memory is Tissa gideon restaurant time I love Tissa Gideon interactions and I'm glad I made the right call to let them have that time because <laughs> uh, just my heart every time I'm just like oh <laughs> <laughs> Gideon would have been
0: so annoyed if you'd come with them
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think Penelope has learned from Radha right <laughs>
2: Has learned when someone is trying to have
1: a date. Thank you. Yes. Penelope is not completely oblivious. Just mostly. Just mostly. I thought it was fun learning about Tissa's hometown and this area and all the fun, I guess, wind-related shenanigans here. Um, I really like that picture of all of the various flags and streamers and stuff. I did too.
0: Yeah. I really liked the restaurant I both liked Gideon and Tissa just having a nice date. And I also just liked exploring Gideon's relationship to her culture and how Gideon the bon vivant interacts with Gideon the restaurateur's daughter. <laughs> that was very fun. I- I'm enjoying getting to know her more, I think, as a character. <laughs> yes. Agreed. This was fun.
2: I'm looking forward to getting to play out this arc because like, oh man, there are like so many themes in
0: this episode that we're playing with here. (laughs) We're going to have to put some of them down. We can't keep them all in the air, (laughs) okay?
1: You can't tell me what to do.
0: I can't and I won't. (laughs) Listener, well, first of all, friends, thank you very much for playing with me this week.
3: Oh, it was. Yeah, a this was a
0: good one. This was. Yeah, fun. I enjoyed it. Listener, thank you very much for listening to us this week. Uh, it means the world to
3: us that you do. This wouldn't be possible without you. It wouldn't.
1: And if you'd like to tell us what to do, where can where can they do that? Cat.
3: They can do
0: their goddamnedest. <laughs> <laughs> you can try and tell me what to do. I can't even tell me what to do. So best of luck. Doesn't matter if you add us
2: at Peach Garden. RPGs on Twitter.
0: It doesn't matter. We're gonna do whatever we want. And if you send us an email using the email form on the PeachGardenGames.com website, we will take it into account and then do whatever we want. <laughs> if you find us on the heroic discord, which is in our pinned tweet on Twitter, we're still gonna do whatever we want. Yeah, you can't tell us what to do, but it would be
2: fun to chat. It would be People fun to start posting with you. pictures of dice and like mm-hmm. Talking about the cool Harmony Drive games they're working on. and Yeah,
0: it's a good time. Yeah. Um, If I know anything about our lead times, and I'll be the first to admit that I don't, then Solo But Not Alone 2 is live. Mm -hmm. And if it is, I would really appreciate you checking out Solo But Not Alone on itch.io. Solo But Not Alone 2, mind you. It is the second year that I am running a a fundraiser for Jasper's Game Day, which is a suicide prevention organization working in the TTRPG space, selling a bundle of 101 single-player RPGs. And it is going to be $10. That is less than a dime per game. And not only will you get to enjoy the work of game designers from around the world for this amazing price, but you'll also be helping keep people alive and helping people make the decision to stay alive even in these extremely fraught times. So I would appreciate it if you would take a look. I'm done being earnest. Have we done our outro? We have done our outro. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, a
1: uh, couple of things. Yeah. Once you've picked up solo, but not alone too, and you still have a little left over, you can send it our way. We have a
0: Patreon and a
1: coffee, which you can find on our website.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah, And if you want to support us without spending any money, we get it. Uh, You can rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. And that actually goes a long way toward helping other people find the show. And we live on attention or we'll die. Give us attentions. Yeah. Give us attention. You can also find our show on the
1: Be Gay Roll Dice Network.
0: Oh, yeah. And you can find us in the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord. Okay, we did it. We have we have a large outro these days. Yeah, dang. Well, mm. oh, I had I had to real talk for a chunk of it. That
1: happens sometimes.
0: It does happen sometimes. You know what else happens sometimes? We say goodbye to the listener.
1: Bye everybody. Goodbye, See you next time. Bye
0: bye. Bye. We love you.
3: Bye bye.
2: be gay roll dice an lgbtqia actual play podcast network
0: hi welcome to the eternity archives an actual play podcast where we take on the role of archivists working for an interdimensional library that catalogs and protects the fabric of reality as archivists we are tasked with journeying out into the realms taking on characteristics of people from that reality and remedying whatever issues may be causing a disturbance in the dimension.
2: Every arc, we will be playing a different RPG, maybe even returning the systems we like later on, but this is a fun way for us as players and you as listeners to explore and learn about different tabletop systems. We'll discuss the rules, create sheets for our characters, and play a short campaign to get a feel for
0: the game. Afterwards, we'll do a bit of discussion. We'll talk about what we liked and didn't like and what we'd know to do better next time.
1: My name is Babby, and I am playing Riddle Day Jekyll.
2: They are a tiefling nerd baby. I'm Ziva, and I am playing Linda, the lovable human office lady.
0: And I'm Dorca. I play Zen, the barbarian lizard princess. Let's get down to some actual playing. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, boys. This, this is the
3: Eternity Archives. Archives.